Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Size, and in this episode of Major League Baseball Picks, a lot on the prices I think make for good bets using the predictive mathematical model that I've built, affectionately known as Sideline, for games scheduled to be played on Monday, July 24th, 2023. If you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations community rules remember if you're interested in projections and picks for every single game sign up on dub club that links in the show description cost under one dollar per day you will get money lines run lines first fives totals weather information all sorts of stuff provided right to you and of course exclusive access to our discord chat we got people looking out for other people giving recommended props we got some women's world cup soccer if you're interested in that we got some WNBA stuff i mean we got every, we got mma got golf got everything covered uh by other people we got people uh kind of their own prop models and live model all sorts of goodies over in that Discord chat. Again, you can get there through Dub Club. That link is in the show description. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game and is not trying to forecast it to a T, as that'd be a foolish and impossible goal. There are no right sides or wrong sides or other prices where any side should be played. Using my model or someone else is this sort of probabilistic thinking is key to growing your bankroll. Instead of draining it, there are ups and downs. But with this sort of thinking, it will balance out in the long run. It's just hard to foresee before it happens. In other words, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So the long-run profitability has been proven. Winning every single day is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, you know, and I say this uh, every day. Winning every single day, of course, is an impossible reality. I think we know that. Uh, unfortunately, winning every single week is an impossible reality. Uh, I think we've been doing okay on the month level, but even that is not guaranteed. And it really depends on the number of wagers you make, right? You hear stories from almost every professional in the world that they will have a losing month at least once, sometimes more every single year. Um, it's the ups and downs. It doesn't make it any, any more fun. Uh, I, 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 last week wasn't great. Hopefully we can bounce back this week. You know, yesterday was at least a step in the right direction. Uh, for us over all the dub club picks. Uh, I, I am curious, uh, you know, your take. I always say, you know, there are sides where any price should be played. And I do firmly believe that uh, if you have, you know, I say things like this all the time, and I'm curious if you have insider words to say about that. Because sometimes when a team loses 10 nothing, you say, well, how could it have been ever good to play that team at a certain price? But thinking about it probabilistically, that's like, yeah, I know the team lost 10 to nothing, but like if they were to replay that game again tomorrow, with the same pitchers fresh, like we could go back in time or whatever, right? You wouldn't expect that same sort of thing. How do you how do you think about that probabilistic? Because it's hard to do that. Our brains aren't trained to do that when we're watching the screen and the team gets blown out, right? How, how, do, how do you think about this and frame this to think about making smart plays day in and day out? Man, it, it's tough when you see those kind of games. Like it just <laughs> it makes it very hard. But I just try to remember that, like one like. Doing your job once does is not indicative of how good you are at your job, at, at your work. Because everybody's entitled to off days, everybody's entitled to bad days, and, and so you just kind of chalk it up to that. It, but I do mark it, and like so, if you start to see a pattern, but if mm -hmm. you but like, mm -hmm. it's tough. But you just gotta let everybody have a bad day, and then sometimes when like when it gets to ten to nothing, like that, sometimes you think, okay, maybe it was three to nothing, and they had a chance, they messed up. And then really go for it. I mean, baseball such, yeah, baseball is just a long season, so sometimes yeah, grind. take take a play off, take something off, and, and then the score is not totally indicative of the game. 
I think that's a great way to look at it. Think about our own lives, right? You know, we all have days where we go up and we do our jobs or, or, we, or we parent or we friend or we significant other or whatever we do really well. And then we have other days where we just don't, right? It's just the ups and downs. Uh, I, let me let me follow up with you on that because I, I think of a great example this week. And we talked about it on the Discord chat. San Francisco Giants, uh, they're playing a day game today. There's no lines out yet, so we're not going to talk about it here again. If you do want picks, I will have a pick out, a projection, et cetera, for Dub Club. Uh, if, if you're interested in that, but but I thought the Giants this weekend, you know, they lost one of those games. I'm pretty sure it was like 10 to 1. It seemed like, and I think they got swept. I think they lost all three games. It, 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 I think every single inning, it seemed like they had two runners on. Sometimes they had bases loaded. Sometimes they had two on with like no outs. And like, they just couldn't score. It was all weekend. And, and how do you think about that? Because when I see that, I'm like, I, I personally, I'm trying to think through like, Trust the process. If they keep getting guys on, it's gonna come around. They're gonna bulk the they're gonna bulk the hits up at some point, right? There's no, you know, it's not like these guys, you know, getting, you know, with millions of dollars on the table are just like, oh well, you know, I'm gonna struggle in this situation or I'm gonna try harder. I mean, they're trying hard to get a hit every time they go up there. You do so little in baseball. It's not hard to try every time you go swing a bat. You know, there's millions of dollars on the line, right? So it's, it, you know, but it, it, it's hard to watch sometimes when a team struggles like that, and you're just like trying to trust the process but you see that all weekend and it's like these guys keep getting on and just can't get it done and it's more than one day like how do you how do you react how do you view that how do you think about that uh <laughs> the giants specifically uh you know what i just chalked that one up as world coming back to leveling out because it seems mm-hmm. like they have won more games in the last two and a half innings than, than anybody it just decided to randomly come back so i was like that's got to come back to bite him at some point <laughs> but with other like i mean what was it a handful of years ago that UConn Butler game in the championship? Oh, yeah. Nobody yeah. could hit anything. Yeah. Like, and Ugly, the, like ugliest title were, game. <laughs> those teams were so much better. And so it's just sometimes you're just off. Like you just can't get it done. Like, and that, unfortunately, that was the Giants this weekend. That was rushing. The Giants have been so good to us. It was definitely a letdown weekend for them. Uh, we got three games to talk about here today, and a couple of them I think about some teams who have been up and down. So I think it's some good discussion today about a couple of teams that you know you viewer maybe maybe like me, kind of struggling to get a handle on and see if we can get some insight here uh, from Jake. But before we get to that, some quick reminders: please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free, and if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the MLB college basketball college football coming this fall nfl content that this channel provides you can see how i scale my picks in the google sheet that has the season results and all sorts of team ratings pitcher ratings all sorts of stuff like that linked in the show description it's also on the home page of the website again www.pickswiththeprofessor.com uh, but as always with scaling with the picks stick what you like and leave the rest 6 40 p.m eastern orioles at the phillies going to be a nice night in philadelphia temperature wise a little on the warm side around 80 degrees wind will be blowing out at five to ten miles an hour according to sideline that's an 11 percent boost to the expected number of runs so that's something to keep in mind there we're expecting a few more runs in average based off of the weather a little bit of chance of rain so i'm going to keep in mind there could give us a little bit of a delay, uh, 15, 20% or so coverage in that area. Dean Kremer versus Christopher Sanchez. Kremer, 480 ERA. Advanced metrics say it should be about a half run lower model. I actually thinks he's 
pretty close to league average, just kind of a ho-hum, run-of-the-mill starting pitcher. I say ho-hum like it's a bad thing. Of course, Jake, you and I would love to be ho-hum starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. Uh, Christopher Sanchez model loves this guy. 306 ERA this season, only in 35 innings, but his underlying metrics are solid. Model thinks he's a pretty good pitcher, definitely the better starting pitcher in this one. Of course, the Orioles' bullpen is really good. If this game is tight, late, that's where the Orioles have been dominant all season long, especially if they can get it uh, to the ninth, even tied to the ninth uh, against the Rays and a big series this last weekend. They used Bautista for two innings for the ninth and the runner on uh, second base tenth inning. So, I mean, they've just got it going with it comes to the bullpen. And I think their offense is a little bit better than the Phillies right now. Not a ton, but a little bit better. Should be a good contest. Model says that the Phillies win this 51% of the time. So, pretty much a coin toss. Jake, we're going to be in the Orioles here. We locked in plus 115. It's a B-grade pick. Right around that B-minus, C-plus threshold here. When I ran the morning update, it's says that the price needed for a B uh, is plus 112. I'm seeing right around that plus 110 this morning. So we're kind of hovering around that good, not great value. Of course, if it does get up to the plus 120s, that's when you're more running to the window. You love that value proposition. Still a solid pick on the Orioles at plus odds. And again, that anything can happen. The Phillies have really uh, underperformed for the most part this year. Orioles really overperformed this year. Uh, it seems like maybe the number's still struggling to catch up with these teams uh, with regards to how good they really are. We talked about the Orioles. Been talking about them, uh, you know, a lot as of late. They've been undervalued all season this year and last. Uh, Jake, tell us more here on why Orioles uh, good plus odds. Here's a good pick. Yeah, I think you know that with the bullpen. I think I think this the offenses and the pitchers are close enough that they're they'll wash each other out. And I think it's the Orioles bullpen that puts them ahead for the win here. And I don't get it. This Orioles team has been very good all year, and the numbers just keeps disrespecting them and I'll take all the value on them because it's it's unreal. I think we talked about that the last time I was on too, that it just they haven't caught up to it. So I'm gonna keep getting plus odds with the Orioles on the road and it's one of my favorite teams in that right now, they have the Giants. But I just think that bullpen, especially with Bautista, who can go multiple innings, he's done it multiple times this year. And uh, the the guy, the setup guy they bring in before, uh, he's very good too. I I just think if this game's close or if the Orioles have a one-run lead, two-run lead going into the last two or three innings, it's almost shut down. Yeah, one of the things that you could see in the Google Sheet, I have some different team ratings. One of them is the uh, relievers rating, where I have the Orioles about a full standard deviation, better than league average. Another one is the top relievers. You take the top three and just compare those across the board. And I use that in the model to kind of try to figure out what's the probability team holds on to a lead. Uh, and, and that part is really pivotal in what's been driving the value in the Orioles. The, the top three relievers for the Orioles grade out as two full standard deviations better than league average. I mean, it's been a fantastic back into the bullpen. And like you said, it's not, it's Bautista has been amazing. You cannot talk about how good he's been enough, but it's also, you got some other guys with them too, that are also really good. Um, and Jake, the total in this game is nine and a half model projects 9.7. Personally, I would need nine to go over. That's what, again, on dub club, what I give out the people a little cheat sheet and I tell people what I would need. And I have in here that I would need nine to go over. Uh, that's just my threshold with the model projecting 9.7. I'm curious, you're taking the total, especially given the weather boost uh, to the number of runs. Would you be interested in over nine and a half, or are you like I am, or you kind of want that push protection in the nine before you make an over pick on this one? Yeah, I, I definitely want that push protection because I, I don't like with the Orioles bullpen. And I mean, the Phillies aren't, aren't that bad either. Like, I don't want to be there on the end waiting for that one, one extra run. 
So that just makes me nervous. I want to push. I want a, more of a chance to put money in my pocket and rather yeah, than yeah. it to a book. Yeah, that's a good point here. First five, again, something that the model – uh, that I've built into the model now. It gives out, again, you can get all the first five information on Dub Club as well. Model projects 5.3 for the first five. If you were looking at an over, I kind of think I'm like, you yeah, I'd lean to the first five because then, uh, you know, it, it's you don't know when the runs are going to come. So you always have that extra variance, but you aren't sitting there where you know the best relievers are coming in. Right? You kind of avoid that really good Orioles bullpen with the first five. So if you're looking at an over that first, and it doesn't get out of nine, that first five, again, model projects 5.3. So over four and a half, over five with these odds might be a little bit of a better look. 8.10 p.m. Eastern, Reds at the Brewers. Going to be an open roof projecting here in Milwaukee. Nice night, mid to low 70s, no chance of rain. Should be a great night for baseball in Milwaukee. Graham Ashcraft and Colin Rea, two pitchers who've had some ups and downs. Underlying metrics say they're just a little bit below average. There's been stretches where both of these pitchers have looked fantastic, and both where they look like they don't even belong in Major League Baseball. Uh, so two up and down pitchers, two up and down teams. I feel like the Reds and the Brewers offensively have had the same situation. Reds definitely have the better offense. Brewers definitely have the better set of relievers. Sets up similar to the first game we talked about. Pretty much a coin toss game model says – the Brewers went at 51% of the time. We're going to take the Reds here. Lock this in at plus 110. There were some plus odds here last night. Again, uh, if you're with us on Dub Club, I give out my projections the day before, so you can jump on these early lines. You could have got a better price on the Reds. This morning, at least, it's trending more towards that even money mark. Don't know where it's going to go by the time you watch this, where it goes closer to first pitch. Personally, I'm kind of thinking this plus odds here, kind of for that same situation we talked about in the first game. Don't really know what's going to happen. Coin toss situation. Uh, Jake, why do you like the Reds? Yeah, I like the coin toss. I like the plus odds. And I think Ashcraft is kind of coming around a little bit here. I think he's doing a lot. It's one of those really good stretches. I mean, his last three games, he's had one run, one run, and then two runs. Like it, it's and one of those games was against the Brewers where he went – he went six innings, had five hits, and one, and only allowed one. So I think he's going to be good. I think he'll be better than Rhea. And then the Reds' offense is surprisingly more deadly than the Brewers' offense. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the first five is going to be very important because that Brewers' bullpen is on our streak right now where it's just yeah. they're just untouchable. Um, so you got, you're going to have to get that win early. So you're not trying to come back against that bullpen. But I think the Reds got the – I have to do it. I think uh, Ashcraft will be a little bit better than Ray today. Model says the Reds win the first five 50% of the time if you remove pushes. You currently, the current price, plus 105 on the first five money line. That might be another way to look at this exactly. I'm thinking the same thing you are. Like, if the Reds aren't up early, you never know. They might take a lead in the six. They're like, bullpens do weird things. You, it's, there's no guarantees, right? It's not like if the Reds are winning after five, they will, you know, win the game. Or if they're all, if they're tied, they will lose, right? I'm not trying to say that. Just first five might be a better way to look because the bullpen edge does go uh, to the Brewers starting pitching edge. Again, the model says they're about even. I'm like you. Graham Ashcraft's the guy I've had my eye on here. A lot of these young Red Stars I think are really interesting. He really went on the IL, missed a couple starts uh, since the All-Star break. Had that first start after the break against the Braves. Of course, the Braves offense, really fantastic. Give up six runs. First time he pitched in uh, a couple weeks. But then since then, four straight starts, allowing a combined five runs. So I'm like, I'm wondering, maybe he's starting to put it together a little bit. Uh, Colin Rea, you know, I think is a little bit more up and down. But again, he's had some good starts too. Both of these teams, I think, are really perplexing. Uh, Jake, for for me, I, I, I I'm with you. I think that Ashraf's going the right direction. Is that really 
the sole driver of your handicap here? Because for me, when I look at these teams, I just think there's chaos. They're up and down. They're all over the place every time they zig and zag. Are, are you? Is there anything else that you're looking at to give you, or is it just really looking at the starting pitcher breakdown? Or how, how are you kind of trying to figure out uh, two teams that, at least for me, seem a little bit confusing? Yeah, no, these, these teams are very confusing. Now, I'm not going to be heavily invested in this, but I said uh, the Reds' offense plus Ashcraft, the way Ashcraft is the way I think he's going, I think I'm going to get the plus odds there because I think it's a toss up uh, game. Uh, it's like I said, nothing I'm going to be heavily invested into. Like, obviously, you're not either with the C grade pick, yep, but yep. Uh, it's just one of those things I think it might be that last time we get some good value, good value on Ashcraft here because I don't know. If he keeps going like I think he is, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of negative negative numbers with that Reds offense if it keeps up when he's no. pitching. Our, our, our fantasy league, we talked about this a little bit, it's an NL-only league. It's pretty deep. Uh, Asher's a guy I actually had on my watch list for a little bit as he came back started pitching well. Uh, someone snapped, snatched him up yeah. uh, last week. And so I don't remember who it was in our league. Snatched him up, and I was like, oh, I kind of have my eye on him, be, thinking about maybe a, a guy who can kind of put it together and give you some hot starts here down the stretch the way he's looked. Uh, you know, obviously concerned about him pitching in that home ballpark, you know, from a fantasy standpoint longer. But, of course, you don't have to worry about that here in Milwaukee. Uh, remember, of course, if you were to uh, – the, the grading system, I, I went from three tiers to four, right? So we went from ABC to ABCD. The current C picks are what the old B picks used to be. So this is what used to be a B grade pick. So so it's not like a the worst pick in the world. It's just one that, again, I'm not going to be overly invested in. The price isn't high enough if it were to get into the plus one teens to be B grade. And kind of talked about on uh, the first game, pretty similar handicap. Plus 120s would be an A grade. So if you end up with a, a, a much better price, uh, we're talking about better value. Uh, it doesn't mean the Reds aren't worth an investment at the plus odds. It's just like you said, I'm going to be a little bit less invested, a little bit more chaos here. But if we're right about Garen Ashcat, then uh, this could be a good spot here uh, to back the road team, a team that's probably the better team here. Just again, the, the home road thing uh, is why it's more of a coin toss, but still getting the better team overall with the starting pitcher or whatever, uh, never a bad thing at plus odds, even if it is on the road. Uh, and then, of course, a series everybody should have their eyes on here this week. Rangers at the Astros battle for first place in the AL West, you know, uh, uh, what, what do they always say in wrestling, right? To, to, to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? You know, and then title belt and whatever. There's all these fun analogies there, uh, of course, with the Astros and the Ric Flair thing, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about that. Uh, you know, heavyweight heavyweight battle right here between these two teams. We just had the AL East one with the Orioles raised. Now we get the AL West with the Rangers and Astros here. John Gray and Brandon Belak, a pair of pitchers with sparkling low three ERAs, but the underlying metrics uh, really not favorable to both of them. Kind of suggest their ERAs should be in the mid fours. Both of them around average. Gray on the better side of average based off his historical data. Belak on the other side again based off of his as well as an Astros fan. Belak was never anybody the Astros were counting on. It was only supposed to be a swing guy. Come up and give some solid innings if needed. And of course, the Astros starting pitching has been just decimated by injury. So a little bit of an edge there for the Rangers and starting pitching department an edge offensively, even with uh, one of their better bats out now uh, because the Astros, of course, offensively also decimated by injuries. Astros hitting the ball a little better than I expected though, without this full offense. But of course the Rangers offensively still just continuing to chug along. Uh, didn't, didn't miss a beat yesterday, uh, putting up an eight spot. Um, 
bullpen-wise, that's where the Astros have the edge. And, of course, this game in Houston should help them out. We're going to be on the Rangers here at minus 112 models as they win this 55% of the time. Uh, slightly into the B-grade threshold here. If it gets into minus 105, that would be an A. Uh, Jake, tell us more as to why you like the Rangers. It really comes down to that Rangers, the way that Rangers offense has been playing all year. I just trust them a little bit more. Um, these pitchers are eh, like they're fine, I guess, but I don't, I don't see a difference between them. Like, I, I think it's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other with the pitchers. I just think the, the offense for the Rangers is just loaded from top to bottom and Kind of surprisingly, so I didn't expect them to be this kind of good offensively. Yeah. Oh, no, same. 100% coming into the season, I kind of thought they'd have the same issue they had in years past. Uh, even last year, they had a couple bats, which was they got a couple good hitters, but you really just had to focus on about three guys, and the other six weren't very good. And all of a sudden, uh, I mean, you know, Josh Young coming up helps, yeah. and of course, they got, uh, you know, a lot of production in a catcher position always helps. But yeah, I'm with you. The offense has been a huge surprise. I thought they'd be okay, but I just did not think yeah. they'd be this good. Yeah, and, it's, and I think that's the difference in this game is – there's not a break right now in that uh, in that range. But uh, it's just, I don't know. I think that's all the difference, and I think that uh, those underlying metrics are going to come back and bite uh, the Astros. Here would be like a, a, and the Rangers mate or a team that can really punish somebody that's struggling like that. Yeah, and you saw it yesterday, I think, against a guy like Emmett Sheehan. I was very comfortable back in the, the Rangers. You know, we had an A-grade pick on them. Even, again, with the offense with a little bit of a ding, I'm not completely at 100% uh, for them. But Sheehan is a similar pitcher to Belak, where you looked at it and you said the underlying metrics were really concerning in the end. The Rangers put up eight before they got even through the fifth inning. And uh, I'm not saying they can do that tonight against the Ash. I think Belak's a little bit of a better pitcher, a little bit older, a little bit more you know, crafty and whatnot. But uh, I think the biggest difference between these two pitchers is that you can expect probably another inning or so out of John Gray, which doesn't matter as much for the Astros with their really good bullpen. It does matter for the Rangers. Every time they can remove another reliever from having to pitch, that's a good thing for them. But I'm with you. Otherwise, they're just they're both guys who the results have been there. So as, as an Astros fan, I'm happy with the results. Of like that. If you're a Rangers fan, you have to be very happy with what you've seen from Gray. But when you look under the hood, you have to look at it and say, I'm not really sure he's been as good as that. And you're a little bit concerned about what come what comes in the future. Obviously, Gray has a track record that if either one of these guys were to actually pitch a lot better uh, from a how-you-are-looking standpoint, you do expect a little bit more from John Gray. Historically, he's had that, but he's also historically been a pitcher who's been very up and down, even outside of the Coors effect. has been a guy who has had, even in Coors, great years, and then as times just hasn't looked good and just kind of been all over the map can eat innings, which is exactly what the Rangers need with that bullpen. Talked about the first five a little bit here. The current price in the Rangers, uh, the model thinks the Rangers are a little bit more likely to win the first five, of course, naturally with the Astros edge of the bullpen. Of course, the issue with that is the price is really spiked on that. So I don't really think there's actually any more value on the first five in this one as opposed to that last game where I might be looking at the at the uh, uh, Reds' first five to avoid uh, some of the bullpen stuff. Even though the Rangers' bullpen isn't great, the value, at least at the prices right now, I don't really see that there. The total in this game is nine. Model projects 9.1. With these pitchers and expecting some regression, would you go over nine? Would you you need eight and a half? Or would you even want the push protection on eight? Uh, The offense has been playing pretty well. Uh, What's your thoughts on this total? I I like the over nine. Like I said, I think at some point these metrics are going to show back up. And Gray's going to have one of those yo-yo starts where it goes all the way down. And 
Birlak is going like, to same thing for him. And like I said these offenses, the Astros are coming around, starting to hit the yeah. ball well, and the Rangers have been. I think oh, yeah. nine is yeah. very short. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Model again. Model only says nine point one, but when I look at this, I'm a little bit you know with the way the Ash has been swinging the bats. I mean, this game really could be five three Rangers in like the fifth inning, uh, and at that point, you know, it's just you know you're gonna get there, or you know, if not, it's a terrible loss, right? First five model projects five runs, but kind of the same thing, you know. And if full game, you get the benefit of potential extra innings, uh, and you get the benefit of the Rangers bullpen not being as great. So I mean, I just, it feels like there's going to be some runs in this one. So again, not a model pick, but I'm kind of like you. If I had to play the total, I don't think the over is a bad look here, uh, which takes us to our player prop of the day. We were just talking about him. We're going to go Brandon Belak under four and a half strikeouts at minus one thirty eight. Hey, Jake, we were talking about this one before. Uh, the show starts when you look at the uh, the outlier dot bet uh, profile on him. He's gone under this number seventy three percent of the time. Eight of his eleven uh, outings mostly been a three or four strikeout kind of guy. This is a classic situation where it's just it, when I always tell people when they want to model strikeout props, walk props, things like that for pitchers. The biggest thing is predicting how many innings he's going to go, how many outs he's going to get. Belak doesn't go deep enough to get a lot of strikeouts. And on top of that, he's not a big strikeout guy. As you can see, strikeouts per nine under seven. He's been for the most part this year, and you can see here with his innings pitch, you know, about a five-inning kind of guy. And against a team like the Rangers, if I'm as an Astros fan, if he gives me five good innings, I'm thrilled with that. But it's going to be hard for him to get five strikeouts in five innings, given that he's not a high strikeout guy. The Rangers are pretty run-of-the-mill strikeout team. And, of course, there's always the chance that he gets run in the fifth inning, as you've seen him a couple of times. The Astros tend to let him throw, but twice he hasn't made out of the fifth. If he has one of those starts, Rangers hit him around. It's going to be hard for him to get a lot of strikes. There's a lot of ways I feel like you can win this one. I'm a little surprised this number isn't lower and or there's not just a bunch of juice with this. Under four and a half strike up at minus 138. The player prop of the day. Only went two and three last week with props, uh, but two of those three losses were at plus odds. So, Jake, that's got to buy us something, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I love this one a lot too because, I mean, with the Astros bullpen, they don't need him to eat a ton of innings. They just need him to get him to like the sixth inning and their bullpen's good enough to carry him through most games. And uh, I think they'll have a short leash on him with the way this Astros offense goes because, I mean, this is a big, big matchup for big in the division. So the, yeah. they don't want to risk getting – because what, they're what, three and a half, two and a half back at the Something moment? Like that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they don't want that number to get start spiking towards the end of the year. So they're going to definitely try to win this one more than normal. So I think they'll have a short leash on it. I mean, it's a huge series. Uh, you know, the Astros, everyone's just assuming they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, that isn't guaranteed at this point. Uh, you know, with the wild card situation, you know, you're you're for sure going to have one of those spots taken up by whoever doesn't win the AL East. And then on top of that, uh, you look between the Red Sox at the Yankees. Uh, get judged back in the Blue Jays. You're going to have some teams around there. The Angels apparently now are maybe playing better, I guess. Uh, you know, it's just, it's not a lock here that the Astros make the playoffs. So getting some games here and giving themselves some really a chance to win this division is huge. So you can't, uh, this isn't a situation where, you know, maybe if, maybe if they, if they run gray, right, if they get up six, nothing, right. They could give them a little bit longer of a leash, but uh, you know, I, I don't think Belak's going to be up six, nothing. Right. And so it's one of those situations where, uh, you know, he, he, you gotta go four or five or whatever. And then you turn it over to one of the better 
bullpens. Again, a bullpen that has been really overused because situations like this, but this isn't the time to hold back, right? This is not the series where you uh, try to get them that rest that they desperately need. You kind of go all out this series and, you know, say, screw it, we're going to get them uh, rest the next series, right? It doesn't even uh, matter that it's the Rays because the Rays is a little bit less important uh, than the Rays, of course, and they have an off day Thursday. So that, that helps out as well. And of course, the other thing is uh, you got Fromberg going on Wednesday, who has struggled a little bit here in his last couple starts, but still potentially, you know, one of the top front runners for the Cy Young award. Hopefully he can give you a lot of innings. France has been decent enough tomorrow. So you feel like if you win this game, kind of go all out and then you got from or Wednesday, got a great chance to at least take two or three. So I think that leash is going to be a little bit shorter. The Rangers might just run him because their offense is really good. I just think there's so many ways to win this. And even if he does get six innings, uh, you know, he's still going to get four K's because he's not really a high strikeout guy. So when you have so many avenues to win a prop and respectable odds, I'm like you, Jake, I, I love this one. I think this one uh, is just too good to pass up. Jake, any parting words here about this prop? No, I think we nailed it. It's just short leash, not a big strikeout guy. And then, I mean, he's got to give at least one an inning for his typical output. I, I don't think that's going to quite play out that way. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, remember, you can sign up at outlier.bet, official partner of Picks with the Professor. If you're interested in a free trial, check out that link in the show description. It's outlier.bet slash professor. They integrate seamlessly with your favorite domestic sports book. You can just click on the prop you want. It'll take you right there to make the bet. You can shop around for these prices, which is a fantastic tool. Get a lot of good data. See all their plus expected value picks. This is one of them. You can sign up today again, outlier.bet slash professor for a seven-day free trial. And if you are not already playing daily fan, Make sure you check out Thrive Fantasy. They you can pick an entire lineup of players and run a contest against two other people, one other person, ten other people. If you want a little bit bigger payout, uh, you can just pick some props individually, parlay them together. If they win, you win. A lot of fun to be had over there. If you're interested in the daily fantasy market, also legal in uh, a, a ton of states, more states than. Uh, places you know like your DraftKings, FanDuel, are, et cetera. Uh, new users that use the promo code sides or the sign-up link in the show description get a 100% instant first deposit match up to $250. You can sign up today, take advantage of that free money. Uh, Jake, that's all we've got for our viewers today. Uh, any parting words for people on this Monday? No, we got day baseball, so everything's going to be great. I, I like this. I like the way this, this week is starting. I absolutely, I could not agree more. And hopefully, uh, you know, again, I haven't seen a line, so I don't know who I'm picking. Uh, but the Giants are involved, so uh, I mean, I feel like I kind of know which way we're going to be. And hopefully, they can decide to get guys home instead of just leaving them on second and third, uh, like they <laughs> tended to do all weekend. Uh, well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picture the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content provided in this channel is dropped right into your feed back again tomorrow with more sports betting tips but until then as always best of luck and remember you can get your betting money but please don't bet your eating money